This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi babes, it's me, Tia Coffee, and welcome to The Final Frontier, a brand new podcast. Now, I'm in the world of podcasts, I'm officially the Jessie Ware of drag. Let's get straight into it. So, I want to talk about my love of sci-fi and where it all began, because I feel like you wouldn't necessarily expect a drag queen to be such a geek and to be such a nerd. But um, I very much am. And I've kind of like celebrated it quite a lot. I mean, I call myself the glamorous geek for a reason. And I think it's because I've always been into sort of like nerdy sci-fi things from a very young age. Um, Probably mostly because of my dad, because he's always had a love for all of these things. I remember him having like VHS tapes of like, super nerdy super sci-fi stuff and me sort of thinking oh that's like so geeky like my dad should be doing cool stuff but he's not but obviously I was like super entertained by it all and like that whole process is like fed into what I do now like I celebrate all of my geekiness in my drag giving you a little sort of like I guess Frankenfurter inspired moment right now because I feel like Rocky Horror is still like counts as like a sci-fi fantasy moment right But yeah, like all of that geekiness is like really fed into my drag. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that. Like don't bring that into the art of drag, which I find bizarre. Because like there are a lot of like secret nerdy people out there, like drag queens that you wouldn't expect to be super nerdy. I won't mention any names, a horror, but like some people like have a secret love of all of that kind of stuff. So I've like celebrated it so much in my drag and like done so many looks that are like super inspired by like geeky sci-fi moments, um, which I guess people don't like expect. Like a huge number of Doctor Who looks. I'm a massive Doctor Who fan and like always have been since before the revival as well. So like my dad like loved Doctor Who and he always used to tell me about how like scared he was when the Daleks first appeared and how it was like really like hide behind the sofa kind of TV moments and stuff like that. And I was like, ew, nerd, like of course it's not. But like I wanted to watch it. So I think we found some like VHS tapes of some classic Doctor Who when I was like super young. And that's kind of where it all began, which is like super bizarre to think back on now. But that's definitely where my sort of like love for sci-fi started and then like fast forward to 2005 and like they announced Doctor Who's coming back and honestly I've never been so excited for anything in my life 
like finally I was going to get to watch it on TV and have that kind of episodic experience of like waiting for what the villain of the week was going to be, what the monster of the week was going to be and like enjoy like a whole new range of doctors for myself, which started with Christopher Eccleston. Although we do have to give like a shout out to Paul McGann that like made for TV movie. Do you know the made for TV movie? Do you know the made for TV movie? Some people feel like it was a bit of a bit of a travesty because it was made by the Americans on a British institution. But I quite like it. Like secretly, I do quite like it. Even the the questionable TV movie, the weird like love relationship with the companion, the weird revelation that the doctor was half human that no one talks about anymore. I feel like that needs to be addressed again. Is the doctor half human or is he not? Are they not? Interesting. But it's not just Doctor Who. Like, I've got a massive passion for all things sci-fi, all things geeky. Like, Star Trek is, like, a massive thing for me. Like, back in the day, watching all the classic sort of, like, Star Trek moments and enjoying them. Because, like, that is a show that was fully created to show everyone, to show the entire human race what a possible future could look like. And, of course, they had their, like dramas like getting into space battles and what have you but like you look at the crew in the original sort of like classic star trek on board the bridge on the enterprise is like an incredibly diverse group of people which for that period of time was pretty much unheard of like literally like the diversity in terms of like race and like gender on the bridge was wild and something that people didn't necessarily expect and I think, like, one thing that, like, was pretty iconic for me as someone who is biracial, like, my mum was black, my dad's white, was Star Trek was responsible. I feel like everyone knows this fact. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. But Star Trek had the first, like, interracial kiss on American television. And I feel like that kind of, like, representation of diversity and inclusion straight off the bat probably drew me in pretty strong. And, like, you can imagine being, like, a seven-year-old who's watching, like, old sort of old-school classic Star Trek wasn't, like, the coolest thing that I could have been doing in the playground. But, I mean, I loved it. And it, like, carries on to this day. Like, even with the sort of, like, new series, like, Discovery and, like, Michael Burnham being, like, the main character, that's another opportunity for me to see myself reflected in that way in, in terms of, like, race and stuff like that. So I feel like sci-fi is like, kind of like when it comes to television, the epitome of like representation and diversity, which is very important to me. So straight off the bat, when I started drag, I wanted to integrate my sort of geekiness and my sense of humor and like my love of sci-fi into it. So I remember for some reason, like Tia, when she started was Vulcan. Like, I just decided I was, like, giving Spock energy on stage and just decided that Tia was a Vulcan and I'd always introduce myself as such. Which is kind of, like, a ridiculous thing to do when you think about, like, how people picture drag now, very much, like, off the back of, back of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, people think of it as, like, glamour and, like, serving, like, beauty, face, like couture, high fashion. And I was there in, like, a Primark miniskirt being like, yeah, I'm a Vulcan. Like, my dad works on the Starship Enterprise. Like, that was my <laughs> sense of humour and my, like, engagement with the audience. Which worked because 
the thing that I didn't necessarily realize about the queer community is we're kind of like a big bunch of geeks. Like, so many gamers, so many sci-fi pa- fans, so many... Sci-fi fans. So many sci-fi fans, so many gamers, like, so many people who go to, like, conventions and stuff um, for drag. Like, I did a panel once at Comic-Con... And it was like wildly well attended, which I wasn't expecting because I was like, nah, well, I'm not to- Tom Holland. I wasn't in Spider-Man. But twist, like the sort of like queer sci-fi fans also appreciate drag, um, particularly those who encompass a level of cosplay into their aesthetic, which is something that I love to do. If you want to hop over to my Instagram, you'll see me dressed as various doctors from Doctor Who. Also... A Cyberman, also kind of a Dalek look, also many other sci-fi references and everything. Gosh, I am just a nerd, aren't I? feel like I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. If you think it's embarrassing, that's your problem. <laughs> if you find that embarrassing, go and listen to Jessie Ware's podcast. Too far? <laughs> too, too much? <laughs> listen, she shouldn't have eliminated me on Drag Race if she didn't want me to bring that up. Jessie, if you're listening, we've got a vendetta. Anywho, enough about me. We're going to get on to your questions right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I put a shout out for uh, sci-fi related questions on my Instagram. And I have uh, an unbelievable quantity of questions. I literally cannot go through all of them, which is wild. But, um... I'm going to answer a few and see how we feel. Uh, Test Drive UK. Hello, Tess. Uh, Tess asks, would you rather pilot the Starship Enterprise or the Millennium Falcon? That's a big question. I do have a driving license, so I can drive a manual car, which is probably not the same as a big spaceship. I think I'd probably rather go for the Starship Enterprise because you've got a whole bridge team there. So if I, like, lack confidence in my ability, 
to fly through a meteor shower or something. You've got a whole team. You've got a whole squad of people who are on your side, ready to, like, chip in. Whereas on the Millennium Falcon, you've literally got Chewbacca and it's you. Unless you're saying that I would be Chewbacca, in which case that's a read and I don't appreciate it. Um, Oyster Travel Card. What a ridiculous Instagram handle. Um, Oyster Travel Card asks, favourite doctor? It's a big question. I feel like I have like a debate about this constantly because I just really like Doctor Who. Okay, full disclosure, full tea. I always say my favourite Doctor is Matt Smith because I loved his energy, but... I feel like the real reason that I say Matt Smith is because I loved Amy Pond so much. And then I don't want to be, like, obvious because everyone says their favourite Doctor is David Tennant. Like, literally ask any Doctor Who fan and their answer will be like, my favourites are David Tennant and Catherine Tate. And because I'm a quirky girl, um, I try and avoid, like, saying the same answer as everyone. So that's why I never say David Tennant. So I feel like my favourite Doctor is uh, me when I finally get the call to play the Doctor in Doctor Who. Although, actually, I feel like I'd be a more... This isn't the question you asked. I feel like I'd be a more iconic villain. I kind of want to be the master. Imagine, like, Shuti Gatwa as the Doctor, me as the master. The iconic queer camper of it all would be great. Didn't answer your question. Probably Matt Smith. There we go. Um, Charcuterie asks, lightsaber colour... By the way, charcuterie, great drag name. Um, Lightsaber colour. What would my lightsaber colour be? I mean, from existing ones, I feel like I'd have to go for the purple because that is a lightsaber colour that only arisen? Arised. Arose. There we go. Grammar. Uh, That only arose from Samuel L. Jackson taking the decision to want to have like a quirky lightsaber. So Samuel was like, hey, I don't want the same colour as everyone else. When we're doing these big battle scenes, I just want my own lightsaber so everyone knows which one I am. And I'm like, do you know what? Slay Samuel L. Jackson's ego. And the purple one is quirky and it looks good. Yeah, I would go for a purple one. Maybe like a camp little orange one just to mix things up. Why not? Orange and purple is my favourite colour combination. Again, not the question, but I answered it. Um, Lauren Winterbottom asks, have you watched The Thing 1982? Because it's great. No, I haven't. Maybe I will. Uh, the only... <laughs> sorry, sorry Lossa. Uh, the Only Latex asks, best and worst sci-fi movies of all time. That is such a huge and expansive question. What is my favourite sci-fi movie of all time? I honestly might have to have a think about that because it's just like a hugely vast quantity of things. And also I have to like make a huge confession at this point. I'm very much more a consumer of television than movies because if I'm honest, I've got a bit of a sketchy attention span. So like a little cheeky like half hour, 45 minutes, I can do. And will I binge for you? Yes, I will. So actually, if I'm watching TV shows, I'll end up watching about five hours when I could have just watched an hour and a half, two hours of a movie. Um, Or as we say in the UK, film. Um, But I just, yeah, I just always like, I'm a TV person over movies. But I'm going to think about that because I feel like I need to like dig into the depths. 
And also sometimes, I'm not answering a single one of these questions. I'm just going off on tangents and you're welcome. Sometimes I have like questions in my mind about like, is this movie like sci-fi, fantasy, like defining the genres sometimes aren't clear. Like some films fall into the lovely centre part of a Venn diagram between sci-fi and fantasy. So it's sometimes difficult to like delineate between the two. And I don't want the the geeky listeners of this very pod to cancel me for confusing sci-fi movies and fantasy movies. Tom Wolves 91 asks, what was the scientific reason I walked past you yesterday and said hi? Uh, Tom, it was weird. I was on my way back from the co-op. I actually remember that moment very clearly. <laughs> but love you. Thanks for saying hi. Um, Sheps the Scoundrel asks, what's your favourite Doctor Who alien slash creature? A lovely question because there are so many to choose from. I think my favourite from a perspective of like law and story is probably the Ood because they look very interesting. They're very visually striking and they've got like a very different sort of character design to a lot of like monsters you might have seen previously. And also, I love the bit uh, with Catherine Tate's Doctor where she acknowledges that the Ood are born with their brain in their hands, which means that they, like, have to be trusting and they have to be, like, really vulnerable, which is why they've basically become enslaved because, like, they have to trust the people who are sort of, like, caring for them and and looking after them because they're, like, inherently vulnerable creatures. So, like, I really like that because it gave, like, a new level of, like, the lore of the Ood. And they are just, like, peaceful and wonderful and gorgeous and also very competent at choral music, thanks to Murray Gold. Um, Most of these are about Doctor Who, which, honestly, fair, because how much Doctor Who drag have I done in my time? Loads. Um, What's my favourite episode of Doctor Who? Great question. I think, straight off the bat, probably my favourite episode of Doctor Who is Midnight which is like a David Tennant, Catherine Tate episode. But Catherine Tate is not in the episode that much. It all takes place in this one sort of vehicle as the Doctor goes on a trip, traversing the planet Midnight. And it's just like a, it's like almost a bit of a thriller. Like you don't really know what's happening. It's very exciting. Nothing is like necessarily explained at the end. People are just like, I think the Doctor's just like, Oh, yeah, like, no idea what that life form was, but, like, work Slave Diva, we we dealt with it. And also the sacrifice at the end. Like, I think Midnight is the episode of Doctor Who where it is guaranteed that I'll cry because the hostess on the tour reminds me so much of my mum. So, spoiler, when she sacrifices herself at the end for the good of everyone on the trip, I'm like, oh, my God, mum, that's so sad, but thanks. And also, isn't the boy in it also in Merlin? I think literally is Merlin. Yes. Um, These are like not sci-fi questions. Someone's just said, I'm from Brazil and I'm rooting for you. Okay, work. Thank you. That's very kind. I'm really trying not to just ask Doctor Who questions, but they're all Doctor Who related. Claudio Demick, 99. If you had the chance to travel on the TARDIS, when and where would you like to go? Um, I think I'd like to go into the future just to, like, make sure we haven't, like, fully ruined the Earth (laughs) and caused chaos. Like, I kind of want to know where we're going 
because I think that's quite exciting. Like the historical aspects do enthrall me somewhat, but I can read about those. Like if I want to know about Henry VIII, I can go and watch Six the Musical, which is like predominantly historically accurate, sort of. But it's really fun. Um, but like, I feel like the future is like way more exciting because I want to know where we're heading. Also, like, I feel like I'm a bit limited on where in the past I can go because like racism. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll definitely go to the future and hope that we live in a better world that's more inclusive. Like the the hopefulness that Gene Roddenberry brought to Star Trek, I hope exists in the actual true life future. And I want to go and explore that and make sure that happens. Um, Sarah Lynham asks, what show would you recommend to someone who has never watched sci-fi? Um, that is a tough one, but I think I'm going to go for Quantum Leap. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's everywhere at the moment. People are talking about it, but I'm not talking about this new one. Like, you can get into that after you've gone all the way back and watched the classic noughties Quantum Leap. Is it noughties? Is it 90s? It's from the past. That's all I know. That was like a very specific time and a very specific era, I feel, in like the sci-fi genre where you had a sort of like self-contained story like within each episode. And it just feels like so nostalgic for me personally, like so nostalgic watching like the old school Quantum Leap. And like, yes, like get into the new one, get into it, we love but it's the classic one for me. Like, you've got to watch the whole of, like, classic Quantum Leap and then get into, like, the new one. It's, like, different vibes. Do you know what I mean? I do love both, but classic. Mythu7 says, which Star Trek ship had the best captain? Why did you both just dab? We're, like, this is staying in. Kidding, I'm not in the room by myself. Why did you both just dab? Like... No, I wrote dabs. You wrote dabs. <laughs> And then you dabbed. I would. I just, for the record, want all of this included in the actual final thing because, you know, this is why we need to educate people about sci-fi because, like, you know, the people who are actually behind the camera slash the audio equipment at this moment in time are just sat there going, this nerd in a wig is so boring. And I'm going, no, no, listen. Um, no, I feel like it's important that people sort of, like, get into it. We're, like, hopeful for the future of humanity. Um, Alex Fincherworld asks, I'm going to say shag. That's not the word that you used, Alex. Uh, shag, marry, kill. Darth Vader, Spock, and a Dalek. Well, Spock's got a logical mind, and I'm a little bit chaotic at times, so I feel like I can massively benefit from that. So I'm going to marry Dr. Spock. Um, Mr. Spock, actually. I'm going to marry Spock. Uh, kill, now that's a hard one because Darth Vader and Daleks are both bad and like hell-bent on taking over the universe. I'm going to kill the Dalek because they are um, just sort of like squiggly piles of like something in a metal container and I would feel wrong doing that and I guess I'm going to shag Darth Vader um, and since he is Luke's father, I will call him daddy while we do so. Daddy Vader. <laughs> this is not where I thought this was going to go today, but it is where it's gone. Uh, Fern Gallagher asks, have you watched Stranger Things? Fern, I'm not going to lie. I watched the first two seasons of St Stranger Things, then I didn't, 
And then I just watched the last episode because I wanted to know what happened. So I don't really know what happened in the interim. Yeah, what happened between me watching Stranger Things and not watching it? Millie Bobby Brown became a questionable meme. The internet really bullied that poor teenager. She seems nice, though. But I will say... Have you seen the video of Millie Bobby Brown where she's like, oh my God, I love this cleanser. Like, it's my favourite, so I'm going to apply the cleanser. And Mama, she put nothing on her hands. She rubbed nothing on her face. Why is she lying to the people? Conspiracy. Millie Bobby Brown is actually 11 and has to mime these things because she has secret powers and she didn't want her nose to bleed from applying cleanser too vigorously. Um, Perry O'Brien asks, do I believe in aliens? Great question, Perry O'Brien. One, two, three. <gasps> Saying it out loud, it rhymes. Good for you. Um, do I believe in aliens? Right. So, like, the part of my brain that is like grounded and sensible is like you kind of have to because the universe is literally expansive, like almost infinite. So, like, there must be. It would be like arrogant for us to assume we're the only intelligent life in the whole universe. But then, like. The other part of me is like, no, like Slay, I kind of want to believe that we're like the only ones here. But then it'd be a bit like shouting into a void and I don't know, maybe there being like more intelligent life in the universe gives like more purpose and more meaning. Or maybe it gives less. We're getting philosophical, which is kind of the point of sci-fi. Makes you reflect on yourself. This is a good one. So Barry Poppins asks, Buffy or X-Files? Buffy Summers or Fox Mulder and Dana Scully? Citation needed. Um, I actually grew up watching The X-Files with my dad, which actually on reflection is like quite irresponsible parenting for me to be watching scary X-Files at such a young age. But I'm going to have to go for Buffy. Like, I'm a huge Buffy fan. I believe in Buffy Summer's supremacy. I believe that Faith is an icon. I believe that the way they wrapped everything up at the end, where it was like every potential Slayer has the power now to be a Slayer. It's iconic because like Buffy was all about the feminism and like sort of like turning around and saying like all of these like women who might have aspired to this thing now can and have achieved that thing. It's just a really beautiful way to like end the whole thing. Now the subsequent realisation that the creator was problematic that's really sad and that makes me struggle a little bit but I don't want to undo all the hard work that that like iconic cast of actors and everyone else who was like amazing who worked on that show created but you know we can still appreciate what we learned and took from something even if we realize that the person who was in charge of it is a little bit you know Laura in the TARDIS, uh, great name. Laura in the TARDIS asks, if you could travel with any doctor... Wait, you've asked if you could travel with any Doctor Who doctor. Oh, I see, any doctor from Doctor Who, because you knew that if you just said, if I could travel with any doctor, I'd be like, Dr. Zhivago. You're smart. You know me. You get me as a person. You know I'm pedantic. Um, if you could travel with any Doctor Who doctor, who would it be? Doctor Who, Doctor Who fun um if i could travel with any of the doctors from doctor who who would it be now i have said that matt smith is potentially my favorite doctor but would i go for oh like peter capaldi's doctor really brings like the life lessons 
but then Jodie Whittaker has like a youthful charm and quality to her and she really needs a companion because like whenever she goes back in time like Yaz always like susses something out and I want to be like yeah I helped I helped save the universe that's quite fierce but then like other doctors companions like Billy Piper was like straight up absorbing the time vortex and having magical like powers for a little bit which is quite fierce maybe I want that no, uh, no. If I was Rose and I was travelling with Christopher Eccleston and he sent me back, I'd have been like, do you know what? That's when the world ends. At least I'm in the past. Good for her. Um, but I feel like I've got peak Martha energy as well because I'd have like walked that earth and been like, I'm going to save it from this. Very biblical in the way that that like, finale story was told. Um, David Tennant probably had the most time... So, like, that'd be fun because he knew what was up. But, like, maybe I want to go for the unknown and go for Shusi. Oh, my God, there's also, like, all the classic doctors. <gasps> Not me, like, forgetting, like, all of classic who. Like, maybe Paul McGann because we only know, like, one story from Paul McGann and I could be the companion to fulfil that. Although, like, I am giving, like, big, big finish audio drama erasure right there. I really can't answer it. I'm sorry, I, William Hartnell maybe, because, like, classic. And then I could talk in one of those, like, really posh... Yeah, okay, controversial yet brave, because we know that that first Doctor had some problematic moments looking back. I think I'd go for William Hartnell, because I'd be like, girl, you got to ed- educate yourself, don't be talking to women like that. And then also, I'd get to talk in, like, one of those, like, plummy, old-timey voices. And, like, I've always wanted to, like, shout, like... No, Doctor, you simply can't. Like, one of those, like, classic, like, my goodness, I'm trapped in a well in the Daleks. Please, save me. And that's how I talk with the first Doctor, if I was that Doctor's companion. Gonna pop that on a showreel. That was pretty good. We've just got time. I'm looking straight down the lens, right into your eyes, and telling you that we've just got time for one more question, and it is another Doctor Who question from Stradahuvius... Great name, I guess, combining a love of Doctor Who and violin construction, maybe, I guess. Um, Any personal theories on what caused the bi-generation in Doctor Who? Yes, I do. Right. Here's the thing. Bi-generation, they addressed, was just a rumour. Nothing seen before, just a question at like prior to the actual bi-generation that we saw on screen. Here's what I think had happened and why the Doctor by generated. We're in the Toymaker's universe, a universe of games, ruled by the rules of games and fun and playtime. So we're already having a bit of a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey moment. The regular rules of our universe do not apply at this moment in time. Now let's address something that was said by the Doctor to the Toymaker, and it was this. It was best of three. The Doctor said best of three, which means they got to play a third game and that was the chance to protect the universe. Like, that was their opportunity to protect the whole of Earth, the whole of the universe, whatever was going on, whatever the Toymaker's plan was. I feel like the Toymaker took that, you know, it's a rule. We're now doing, like, best of threes, so everything happens in threes now in this Toymaker's rule of play, this Toymaker's world, this Toymaker's universe where he rules Wagwan in this situation. So, of course, when he struck the Doctor down, Mama, best of three, a third person had to be brought in. But 
it was only between the doctor and the toy maker. So the third person had to be another doctor or another toy maker. I think it makes perfect sense. So the doctor by generated to create a third player in this game because of the best of three rule that had been established as one of the rules of play in this toy maker's universe. And that's why David Tennant's doctor remained and Shuti Gatwa by generated out of him. And also we can't complain because we got to see Shuti Gatwa in his pants. Anyway, that is all the time that we've got for you. Do you get it? Like time and space, Doctor Who. That's all the time we've got for you today. But I'm so excited to go on this podcast journey with you through all the universe, all of time and space. And next week, it won't just be me. We're going to have a very exciting guest for you. So make sure... You join us again next week. Press all the buttons. I don't know what they are, like subscribing, all of that kind of thing. And I'll see you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.